Yeah. WP user manager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Welcome or to WP. Um. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Pressing Matters, a fly on the wall style podcast about WordPress, business, and life. Your hosts are Ian. Hello. And Jack. Hello. Ian's a plugin author and works for Delicious Brains, and Jack runs better notifications for WordPress and his web design agency. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode of Pressing Matters. Jack, how's things with you? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. Um, trying to think what I've done. I've had a busy busy couple of weeks doing all kinds of stuff, currently sort of working through a lot of plug-in work, actually, a lot of um, my own, you know, back notifications for WP stuff, um, which has been good. Uh, I got uh, a new phone for the weekend, which has been great. Um, What'd you get? What'd you get? Uh, yeah, I got, the, I got the iPhone 11 Pro, the smaller one of the two. Uh, I've had an iPhone 8 Plus for the last couple of years, and it was time for an upgrade. And nice. I only really up- upgrade for the cameras, actually, um, you know, taking family photos and stuff and that extra kind of wide shot portrait thing, mode which i've used there's portrait mode which i had on my 8 plus which was great but this one has that like zoom out kind of thing so you have an ah. extra wide a regular and then a portrait camera to be honest uh, i've not looked extra at the wide new one stuff. what's that sorry I've, yeah i've not really looked at the new stuff but that sounds that sounds good a good feature it's really good it's taken some really interesting shots of things you wouldn't normally see you mm. know just like family stuff like or, or of a room or something like that it's um it's actually really nice it's and it's a worthwhile upgrade for me so um yeah i'm really delighted with that and my wife got an upgrade at the same time so yeah that was an expensive day into town um but yeah how how about yourself yeah good thanks i'm just trying to remember we were a couple of days late aren't we recording this so we're yeah just back to work again and um yeah trying to find the time um to work on i'm trying to put a new version of my wife's site live um that's been you know in the offing for quite a while and it's just getting um a bit more development done on it to push it over the edge and get it launched and i'm just what yeah working on my own stuff as well um but yeah no good um on on the phone though i'm currently now at the adult level of i don't upgrade my phone i just upgrade my case to keep my phone safe from my children that a two-year-old likes to pick it up and then just drop it so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the case the case gets upgraded, but not the phone at the nice. moment. But yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you got you remember those snap together cases? Where you get like an old Nokia or something where you could just take the case off and put a brand new case on. But it was like it wasn't the case; it was like the whole. It was a fascia, wasn't it? It was the front of the phone, wasn't it? It was bizarre. Yeah, yeah, the, the front or, or the front and the back. Yeah, yeah, my god, those were the days. Yeah. Oh, Nokia. I've just remembered something I did do, actually, since our last podcast. I walked, uh, not the weekend we've just had, where I bought a phone the weekend before. Um, I walked 50, it was meant to be 52 miles, but with some diversions for various reasons. We mm. it ended up being 55 miles between Salisbury and Bath via Shaftesbury. Wow. So we went through four counties in three days, wild camped both nights, and yeah, walked that distance. And I don't know why I've forgotten, because my feet, like a week and a bit later, I've only just healed. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was uh, that was absolutely excellent. So yeah, I don't know how I forgot to mention that a minute ago. That sounds good. Tell me about that. Why have you done that? I just wanted to. I, I've been wanting to get out for a walk for a while. Uh, a lot of the stuff I kind of like watch on YouTube or a lot of the things that I think you see at the moment tend to be about people, you know, going 
you know nomadic or whatever and I've never had the desire to travel or go nomadic I like going on holiday but not to travel but walking you know and cycling places as well really appeals to me so I thought uh, my friend and I uh went walking um you know just to do this just for ourselves really not in aid of anything but it was amazing it was we got to see wonderful landscape and countryside Uh, we literally walked as one point in the middle of our walk where we were up on top of a hill and you could see on one horizon where we had come from and then on the opposite horizon you could see where we were going Mm. so we were literally walking horizon to horizon you know again and again and it was really really good um everyone was incredibly friendly uh it, it was great we had some sort of tricky we got stopped at about nine o'clock at night trying to find our way to where we were going to set up a camp um trying to get through a we're trying to just find our way out of field after field because some landowner had blocked the way and uh got stopped by some bloke like what are you doing out here kind of thing <laughs> and we were like we're, we're walking these paths he's like this time of night with all this cattle around and we were like we know about the cattle we don't want to talk about the cattle that cat the cows at night are terrifying you know we're not interested anyway he held us out of the field but he wasn't happy about getting uh, a call at nine o'clock at night from you know people saying there's somebody out with torches out there <laughs> but uh were, were anyway. you on public land then or, or were you kind of rambling basically no, no, it was all public rights of way and footpaths and, you know, places we should be. He was just making sure that, you know, we weren't trying to were, steal a cow. Or you weren't rustlers, so. sheep rustlers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was fine. But other than that, it was really good. And uh, I, I tell you what, in the show notes, I'll, put, uh, I'll make sure that we've got a photo of where I woke, like when I got out of the tent and I looked out, it was just this stunning view of like mm. this mist and some sheep near us and like a pink sky. It was beautiful so i'll have to make sure it's in the show notes so you can have a look but yeah it's um it's, it was great it was great anyway it sounds epic it sounds very um fellowship of the ring style walking for a lot of the film big journey yeah it, yeah it, it was it was really good yeah i highly recommend it and i and i'm sort of thinking about how i'm going to do the next one i had to buy a fair amount of gear to kind of do it and everything as well you know like a sleeping bag or a quilt actually uh you know and various things but um but yeah, no, it was worth it. So I'm, I'm keen to do another one. But the weather's not so good. We had an amazing weekend of weather. I actually got a tan out of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, trying to find something to do over the autumn or winter might be a bit cooler. But um, well, I'll work that out. But anyway. anyway. Nice. Mm. Anyway, moving on to all things WordPress. Um, I saw you put out a tweet that you acquired uh, WP User Manager. So I, I really want to ask you a little bit more about that. Um, but yeah, do, can you sort of, Tell me a bit more about, like, why you did that, how that came about, that kind of thing, how long it took to do. Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I tweeted about it last week because I kind of finally got around to publishing a post on the WP User Manager blog just about the acquisition. Um, I mean, it's, you know, as acquisitions go, it's not, not really very major, but it was, it was something that I've been thinking about for a while because, you know, like we talk about it on here, my main side project plugin is the Instagram one integrate, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, over the last few months, there's been sort of various things with the Facebook, Facebook shutting down Instagram's parts of their API. And I think there's a potential for that to be um, almost fully closed off um, in 2020. So I was conscious that my, my main plugin, my only kind of sort of big plugin that makes some money per month, would effectively be, you know, shut down, redundant. 
So I'd been thinking for a while about you know, not replacing it, but needing something else that would A, be uh, another part of the income and B, give me something to work on and be like, you know, that, that type of um, side project of a WordPress plugin. And yeah, I, I, I'd been thinking, I, you know, should I start something from scratch? Should I like, or should I just try and find a plugin that was for sale? And I, I briefly, well, I've been, I've used Flipper in the past, flipper.com to buy a website. And I know it's a place where people sell stuff and I do randomly just browse it. And I came across, um, a listing for WP user manager, which is sort of billed as a freemium um, WordPress plugin with the free main plugin on WordPress.org. And it has premium extensions, add-ons, very, very similar, I guess, to better notifications for WP in that way. Um, and it was doing like decent revenue, you know, a, a per month. And it was for sale for basically just over two and a half times or just, no, just over two times its yearly revenue. Um, and it, it looked like a decent, decent plugin really. And yeah, because trying to buy something that exists already with um, a user base, it's already got marketing in place. It's already got all of the e-commerce stuff set up and it, the plugins already been developed. The main plugin has been developed, which is quite huge actually. The, all the add-ons have already been developed. That cuts so much time for if I'd have gone down the road of right, let's start from scratch. Let's think of an idea for a plugin, build the plugin, build the plugin marketing website, build the e-commerce side of it, get it all working, get users through the door, and get people using it and then wanting to pay for it. Like that's quite a long lead time uh, and time mm -hmm. not necessarily I have. So purchasing something that existed already seemed quite attractive and it was already making, you know, over a thousand dollars a month, more than that on average. So it was already doing, you know, relatively good sort of chunk of change for a side project. And there was quite a lot of potential I saw in it. So yeah, it seemed like a decent uh, thing to do. Um, yeah. hope that that's probably hopefully answered what you like, the, you know, yeah, the thinking no, behind it. That's really good. So how long have you owned it for now? So that today is the 25th of September when we're recording this. Uh, pretty much the transaction and all of the migration of the assets and the all of the financial stuff through an escrow service with Flipper was all pretty much finished just into September. So maybe the 2nd of September. So okay. not, a, not a month yet, really. Um, but it was quite like... There was a few weeks of me seeing it on Flipper and having a, a an email back and forth with Alessandro, who was the owner or the previous owner, mm -hmm. um, trying to understand a bit more about the plugin, the business model, what he'd done with it, um, and talking about price and you know negotiating on that, mm -hmm. which was maybe maybe a month or so. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, and it, it's doing all right. It's I haven't really done a huge amount. With the plugin so far, I've only really done some tweaks to the marketing site. Um, tried to clarify uh, it was selling two licenses per add-on, like a, a single site license and an unlimited site license. So I tweaked, added a, a second or a middle tier 
for a two to five sites license and then the unlimited uh, and sort of raise the price of the unlimited to, to accommodate for that middle two to five site license. Um, mm -hmm. And I've just made a few tweaks to the marketing page to make some copy a bit more or some things a bit more clearer. But I haven't actually yet really done anything apart from support, really, which is, um, as you'll know, it's quite a, uh, can be quite uh, time consuming because the free plugin on .org has a support forum that comes with it. But that's has historically been really, really well looked after by Alessandra. He, you know, pretty much always replied to somebody within a day. Um, was very, very reactive to needs of users, and and there's obviously the the, the premium support for the add-ons, which is not so much. But I've been keeping up with that and trying to get my head around, you know, what users are are using it for, what are their needs, what are their kind of any feature requests that have come in for specific features that I can then either build out into other add-ons or, you know, recording when people say, oh, I really want this feature or this add-on that I can then kind of stack up and say, well, this is the most requested add-on, that this is where I'll put some development time into it to, to mm -hmm. you know, add some more value and, and hopefully get more people buying other add-ons. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's early days, definitely early mm. days but yeah it's it's good i'm enjoying sort of like working on another plugin and and getting my head around there's quite a lot of use cases for the plugin whereas with my instagram one it was quite narrow how people would use it you know it, you connect your instagram account to wordpress and you post your images um as new posts basically or custom post types and there's varying levels of configuration but essentially you're getting your images from Instagram and you're putting it on your WordPress site. And it's such a, na it's a narrow kind of function. Whereas the WP user manager is a plugin that's, um, you can give your users of your site a way to log in from the front end. They can register from uh, front end pages rather than like the WP hyphen login.php. You can set up communities, you can set up directories for them, you can have verification of those e of those users. There's so many kind of um, ways of using the plugin that I'm kind of learning and understanding like what it's doing best. So yeah, it's it's there's a lot of scope, and it's quite it's quite fun to be doing something new, um, but obviously juggling that with the time of the others. And actually, bizarrely, to like this month, the Instagram plugin is doing pretty well. So I'm hoping to that'll continue to do well until it dies effectively. Mm -hmm. Okay. So were you a user of this plugin before you bought it? No. I, had you used it before? No. I mean, I've kind of used things like BuddyPress in the past, which and um, which gives you that kind of user membership. And I've used other plugins of in that area. Um, mm -hmm. But what I liked about the plugin was the the fact that it was obviously albeit based on WordPress and therefore needing WordPress. It didn't really need anything else. Like I've been bitten in the past, obviously by the Instagram link to my plugin and I'm very reliant on a third party service. Whereas WP user manager has no other um, dependencies apart from WordPress. Um, so yeah, knowing that you can, you can kind of grow it without the risk of something, somebody else pulling the rug from under you, it was attractive. 
Um, mm-hmm. There is things like there is an add-on that allows you to do, allow your users to log in to the to the website via social networks. So you can do login with Twitter or login with um, Facebook. But you know mm-hmm. that that's a small part of it, and that will probably always exist anyway because I think people, the social networks, like you to or like websites to have social logins. Yeah, I suppose the only change that might happen there is if they, you know, change how that authentication works or, you know, a service is uh, removed, mm. you know, like, um, you know, Google Plus or something like that. Obviously, that's sort of going or gone now. So, yeah. you know, I, although the uh, I see on that add-on that the login is via just Google itself as opposed to a Google Plus. But so yeah, exactly. One and the same. Yeah, and, yeah and that's quite a minor side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So um, you've got, I'm uh, just having a look, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven add-ons as uh, for that. And then you've got the main plugin. Mm. Um, I think four, no four of those seven are premium and three are free add-ons. Okay. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're pretty much kind of like either very, very small functionality or they're, they're functionality that is just um, not easy, but it's nice to give to, to for people to use. But I guess it's it's been put as an add-on, so it doesn't kind of bloat the the main plugin. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about doing some stuff like that for my plugin uh, too, siphoning bits off to free add-ons and so on. Mm. Um, so, um, so what? So why? Um, I mean, you sort of answered this already, but why? Why buy one as opposed to build one? Because I, I suppose the, the the biggest issue with anyone in that kind of situation is that there is a uh, an a financial uh, there is an amount of money you need to put up front mm. to be able to buy something where that cost is kind of hidden in the ongoing development of a new plugin. Um, so why did you want to buy one instead of build one? Is it, it did you see it as being cheaper that way? Uh, have you got kind of a, a strategy in in mind, or is that just like the route that you wanted to take? Um, I think it was it was probably worked out cheaper in terms of I had the money, but I didn't have the time. Um, okay. Because, yeah, I mean, trying to think about it now, like if you if you're starting from scratch and say better notifications for WordPress or for WP, if that if you are starting from scratch right now, think of all the hours and development time and development costs you put into that to get it to the level you're at now, which is, mm-hmm. you know, comfortably doing a nice amount of money per month. Um, and you've got X amount of add-ons, a, a fully blown plugin with all the features. You've got the user base. You've got it. You've got it all. Think how much that would actually take to do. And it's not, you know, it's got so much harder nowadays with WordPress plugins just to, you can't just release one and people come and buy it. There's so much more to do around it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, the, you know, I had a bit of a bit of money sort of saved up um, and it seemed like a better um, a better idea to do that. And, and obviously that doesn't mean like I would have bought any plugin, just it was it seemed like this had good potential, you know, and I think we've said before, like if it just in a year's time pays itself back, then that's fine. But obviously I've got plans to increase the, the revenue and, um, you know, put stuff into it to get more back and then it will be worthwhile kind of thing. But yeah, it is yeah. just a time scale, like there's or the time cost, that I wouldn't that I don't have to start something from scratch so 
And I think obviously this this happens all the time. It's people acquire plugins, people take on stuff. It's um, it's kind of the nature of the internet, isn't it? Things are a lot easier to it's easier to transfer digital assets across people. So mm-hmm. the, the the process of of selling and buying a website or a plugin or you know all of these sort of digital things that are making money is is smoother than um, like you know it was done in under a month really which is quite quite good um Mm -hmm. so yeah no it it just seemed a better plan to do it and i physically wouldn't have been able to do it i would have i would have been i mean maybe looking look at it from another way if i had the idea for a plugin and if i'd have outsourced the development to somebody else perhaps the cost would have been um lower than what i would have paid for this plugin but also at the end of the day if i'd have contracted a developer to build a new plugin from scratch, delivered it to me. At that point, all I've got is code. I don't have customers. I don't have, you know, existing fit in a marketplace. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I would still be behind, I think. Um, And and again, what I was also thinking about, and obviously when I saw it on for sale, I hadn't considered oh like right i want to go look out for a plugin to buy to acquire but i'm i'm really after like a a user membership plugin like it was it just happened to be that one that was available and it it ticked all the boxes um okay but if i was to start from scratch and think right i want to i'm going to build a plugin and it's going to do x and x is perhaps a problem to, to solve a problem that i have but how do you know if other people have that problem how do you know if they're going to buy it um, does anybody else do solve X with a plugin? Are there any competitors around? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems when I looked at the user manager plugin and it's um, the similar plugins that were on .org that had premium add-ons or other, or there's a couple that have like the free version and a pro version, just single pro version. It seemed like there was enough competitors that this was a good um, you know, market where there's enough users who have the problems that these plugins solve. Mm-hmm. And, and I think my point is I could just build a plugin that I think solves a problem, but if no one else wants to buy it, then like that's not very good. But the fact that there are competitor plugins shows that there's that audience. Um, yeah. So yeah, it ticked a lot of boxes in that way. Um, but I, that's what I struggle with. I, in the past, I've thought, right, I need this. So I'll build it and then it's the whole like field of dreams thing. I'll build it and they'll come, people will come and buy it and then they don't because actually it's only a specific problem for me. It's not widespread, but it seems like there is a hell of a lot of sites out there that are trying to turn their sites into membership sites or community sites and they want users interacting with their sites uh, with profiles Mm -hmm. and um, yeah. That's another sprawling answer, probably. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. So um, you say you haven't had it for a month yet. Has has it been worthwhile yet? I mean, in terms of not just financially, but have you seen the benefit of it? Are you happy to now have your hands on it and be, you know, kind of using it as in, you know, operating the business, that kind of thing? Are you happy with that? Has it been beneficial for you yet? Is it paying itself? Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of, in terms of sort of monthly um, 
monthly revenue, it's doing what it was doing before. It's hard to know mm -hmm. at the moment if there's any change because especially coming into like the summer, July, August are funny months anyway. So September, like it's doing a bit, doing a bit more than August when I didn't mm -hmm. own it. But then is that just because August is a slumpy month anyway? Um, so yeah, I mean, it, like I, I bought it and it's making money. So I'm happy at this point. Um, and mm -hmm. I've kind of got everything how I want it in terms of help scout for the support for the premium add-ons. Um, yeah. I've got a channel in my own Slack um, workspace for it, which pulls in the RSS feeds from the WordPress.org support uh, forums for the main plugin and the free add-ons that are on there as well. So I've kind of got, mm -hmm. I've got my handle on it, uh, you know, and I'm working through, um, you know, servicing the plugin and the business. But it's uh, good. So you've you've managed to integrate it into your workflow, like the way that you like to work, the way that you like support to come in and where it goes, and yeah, you know, where where you can see when there's been a sale and all that sort of stuff. You've got all that kind of integrated now. Yes, exactly. Into, yeah, day to day. Yeah, and and okay, like I I did a bit of development work on the site to start with because it was using it's running easy digital downloads, um, mm -hmm. but it was I think it was developed back in 2015 before. The, was the easy digital downloads recurring payments add-on. Mm -hmm. So it was only ever doing like manual renewals or manual upgrade, manual renewals. So I've, I've put some work in early on just to install that plugin, configure that, get all the emails set up. And, and then, you know, any purchase going forward is on this annual recurring basis that will be automatically renewed, which I think, you know, nowadays is, is the, the way everybody does it because otherwise you're leaving money on the table um so yeah that was that was an, a, an important initial thing for me to do but other than that yeah i get the notifications for payments i get and i do i work through support in the mornings when i do support my instagram plugin um yeah it's just i think at the moment my extra capacity is taken up by um my wife's site to once we get that out of the door i'll be concentrating on um i've got some releases to the add-ons to make just to fix an edge case bug uh, and because mm -hmm. it's the whole add-on model you're so sort of reliant when it comes to the development that a the core plugin is installed and b you're not hooking into core things until that's loaded um mm -hmm. and yeah you get into all sorts of little um edge case issues with wordpress would should load the core plugin first because alphabetically it comes before any of the add-ons. But for some mm -hmm. reason, on some people's setups, some people's hosting providers, um, the add-ons get actually required and loaded by WordPress first and then try and do things on actions that don't exist by mm -hmm. the main plugin. So yeah, there's little bits to do. I, and I need to release a new version of the, word, of the, the main plugin on WordPress.org to update the owner make some changes to the readme um, and a couple of bug fixes that need to be done as well. But yeah, it's, mm. it's all ticking over nicely, but I, I do want to start making, making moves to increase the revenue per month. And I'm just trying to focus in on where that will best come from. Is it a new add on or is it um, tweaks to kind of either the marketing copy on the site 
and also the plugin as well because the biggest channel of, of users is wordpress.org you know coming across they're looking for user man, member management um plugins and if they find it on the repo then they've got to understand why that will be the best for them and why they will need the premium add-ons and so there might be some work needs to be done to to optimize that even more and i'm not saying it's bad at the moment it's probably really good but it's just a case of can it be tweaked and can it be improved and the same for the marketing mm -hmm. site copy um so yeah I, and i think coming from the site the, the coming from the plugin as a a, a non-user of the plugin to start with trying to understand how what a plugin does from a developer's website is sometimes really confusing like mm -hmm. because i think developers have a habit of just listing feature after feature whereas why do i need that feature what does that feature give me like what problem does that solve for me like don't just tell me what the feature is because sometimes users won't see that and and i feel like i've been in a position where coming to it as a fresh and as a non-user i'm now a user going well yeah but what does that why why would i need that and i think hmm. I, i'm guilty of it myself on the integrate website like i don't explain the benefits enough of things um hmm. yeah i know what you mean there actually i i try and give an example i literally have a little heading called example and then try and give a, a an example using you know words that would describe it hmm. so um i could say if you're a university and you have students and then all of a sudden you've associated those things and you can imagine yourself as a student or whatever or as a university yeah. you know site administrator or something um, but it's amazing how many people uh, don't do that and uh, my pet hate is when people use foo and bar all the time oh, because yeah. you can't tie them to anything so you can get confused as to which one is which mm. um, so I think it's easier to give a, an actual example of that I'm not saying that I'm doing it right but I'm saying that I'm at least go to some effort to uh, you know, try and try and explain what it is that it does in a real life kind of scenario, as opposed to and one that I know that users of my plugin actually use as or do with it as well, because mm. then you can actually back it up with some yeah you know, some information they've given you. So yeah, no, I, I totally I totally get that. I think it um, becomes trickier as well with because as I said, the user manager has multiple use cases and ways of using it that. I think if for the marketing site, that might be a challenge to convey um, because, you know, one user might want it for something different than the other, but you've got to kind of convey both those things on the site. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, you, this whole product website for the, for the e-commerce site has historically, the way I've done it, the way I've seen people do it is just, and it's the same as WP user manager. You know, you've got your big headline, you've got your big call to action buttons list of features, maybe some testimonials, and then you've got another feature page and documentation. And I think what I want to try and do is something similar to how, I don't know if you've, you've gone through the Spin Up WP website much, but I remember looking at this when we developed it and it was like, it's a big page, it's a long homepage with a lot of text, but it actually is really, really well done when you think about it because it tells you about the problems it tells you about the alternatives to or the alternative to spin up WP and why those things are bad and what you can benefit from doing this. And it really takes you through the thought process of using something um, mm -hmm. 
as opposed to just saying we do backups we do this we do this and feature 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 like it does that somewhere else and but it embellishes it more with some screenshots and what you know um mm-hmm. but it, it the copy is very very tuned to here's a problem this is what you'd you would be doing if you didn't use this and this is why using this thing will make things easier or better for you um and i think that yeah that's definitely an approach i i want to kind of explore and see if we can make it you know make it a bit clearer but then yeah like i said before it might just be a case of if i suddenly develop another add-on that people have been asking for um that might suddenly increase revenue by you know more so it i'm sure you know it's hard to know quite where to put your your time and effort because other yeah. like, different things can move the needle when it comes to revenue. This episode is sponsored by Integrate, the Instagram WordPress plugin which automatically creates posts from your Instagram images and videos on your WordPress site. Find out more at integrate.io. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and no, I'm constantly um, battling with uh, do you update existing plugin uh, add-ons or do you um, develop new ones or um, is it a mixture of the two? Mm. And um, personally, at the sh- actually at the moment, I've just released an add-on um, and I'm now spending a bit of time working on my existing add-ons. I kind of got to a point where actually the feature list, I, I take a note of most things that people suggest. Uh, and if I think they're a good idea, I'll really think about them, you know, look, look at them, pad them out. And then if they're worthwhile, I'll, try and develop them they'll, mm. they'll make it to my trello board uh, and kind of my overall roadmap and after a while uh they kind of build up to a point where i can't ignore them anymore mm. so i i then develop that for a bit but yeah i'm going to focus i feel like i've got a really good core set of add-ons now so i'm going to be working on the updates to those specifically um and i suppose uh, maybe that's a, a you know a, a direction that you could take with wp user manager if there's any glaring holes in your offering then i suppose you can tackle those with either you know updating the you know the core plugin or adding a free uh, add-on or adding a paid add-on to that and then once you feel that you've kind of covered all of your bases of the thing that you want to achieve from that plugin then you know look at uh updating all of them as you go along and to be honest with you i almost sort of shame myself into uh doing updates for uh, add-ons that haven't received an update in a while because i just i look at the change log and it says you know initial release 1.0.0 uh released you know january 2017 and i think that's a long time ago now mm. um people have bought that and they haven't had an update for it well they bought it for that purpose but you know maybe they should you know but more people would buy it if they saw it was updated more often uh, uh, because that yeah. gives them some confidence in it i so, think that's the point yeah, isn't it one, yeah the yeah because do you because edd has has all of the integrations with like your readme txt file so does better notifications for wp does it show the last updated date on the sales page um it does um i've actually just and it's got nothing to do with the conversation i've just said um some of the add-ons have had lots of updates so the Mm. change log widget down one side was getting quite long so i've actually just hidden it behind a button that now says change log you click on it it pops up in a modal uh, box and gives you the change log there instead uh, but yes it does show you on there i don't actually use the advanced sort of passing of the readme.txt file i only use uh, i kind of do it myself manually Manual but i've been log, thinking yeah. more about doing that yeah yeah so i've been thinking about more about doing that yeah i do think it is a, it's a it's it, it's something to think about for users isn't it when they're buying 
if they know things are maybe it's not so much for like the add-on model where as you say this add-on does something so you know it works but i think for for premium plugins that are like whole whole plugins i think if if it doesn't receive updates for a while that doesn't people don't perhaps have as much confidence in it um which mm. for existing customers in terms of upgrades why would they pay another yearly upgrade if they haven't received any updates and perhaps don't need support yeah. in the last year? And exactly. if you're looking at a change log when you're thinking of buying something and it's not had an update for two years, then do you have the confidence that it's still maintained? Like it's, yeah, it's a psychology aspect yeah. to it. It is. And, and you know, it's um, that's something that I've done. There has been the odd EDD add-on I've used on the site where I just thought, I don't actually need to update that or it hasn't been updated in ages. I'll just pause my subscription to it kind of thing. Mm. And then the problem with that is also that the WP update mechanism. So like there was one thing that was like, there was like a bug fix to an add-on and it was like getting rid of a notice for people on PHP 5.6 or something. And I was like, well, I'm not on 5.6, I'm on 7 something. So it's... uh it doesn't actually affect me yeah. and I shouldn't need to update my or, you know, renew my subscription just to get that tiny update to it. But WordPress's update mechanism just freaks out and just says, you know, no, you need to update this and your site health check thing says, oh, you need to update yeah. this and everything. And there's no way to switch that off, which is a bit of a pain. And so it, it that's one area I think that sort of premium plugins or premium add-ons kind of suffer from, um, a bit, but, uh, but hey ho, that's that's kind of a side. Um, I'm just looking actually. You've got nine thousand active installs for WP User Manager. Do you know how many of those are customers that have bought the um, bought an add-on in some way? Do you know what percentage that translates to? Um, I mean, obviously the the goal is one to one ratio there. So all nine thousand people that have installed it. Well, yeah. Uh, for support an add-on. But you know, it's rare. It's rarely that. I don't even know the answer to that for my own plugin. No, and I'm just curious to. It's very. You know, if you knew. It's difficult when you're using the stats from WordPress.org because I think they're not not so um, you can, not so yeah, reliable, are they? Um, the active installs, no. perhaps. I mean, that went up actually. It was eight thousand when I bought it. And it's now to nine thousand. So that's good to see growth in the free plugin because that is only going to be helpful for the premium stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I think in terms of the premium add-ons, if the, if those numbers are correct, then it's probably, oh, I don't know. I'm just curious. And it's difficult sometimes to, um, I think in EDD possibly, to weed out the people that are renewing or bought you know more than once you kind of want more than one add-on oh, to remove the duplicates yeah the edd so. reporting is is really really problematic in terms of looking at new sales versus upgrades renewals and yeah i think yeah, yeah. Well, oh maybe a question for another time then yeah it would be good to dig into that i think i'm, I'm beginning to learn that the add-on model is somewhat flawed and i've had this conversation um with brad uh from delicious brains about you know marketing strategies, pricing models, and and add-ons are tricky. And, you know, we've talked about it with the EDD. They've gone to this sort of pass model where it's just like a, basically a bundle, different levels. Um, Ninja Forms have done the same. So that's something I might be considering in the future when there's a few more add-ons to bundle up together because mm -hmm. it's very hard to get the value from customers when 
they're just buying a single add-on at a time. Like that's not much revenue per customer. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of work for me to be doing, um, which is exciting. It's good. But there's, you know, there's development work, there's marketing work, there's the kind of the pricing stuff, there's improvements to the site. Um, so yeah, but no, I'm, I'm happy. It's good. Um, anything else you want to know, Mr. Nosy? <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of I have a rough list. There's two questions I want to know, and I'll and I'll um, I'll mention them both, and then you know you can tackle whichever you want. But um, I was curious to know how the process of taking it all on and migrating the ownership of everything across has worked for you, like the payment gateway, domain hosting, version control, social media accounts, if there are any that kind of thing. Mm. And also, if you had to buy the plugin again, as a, you know, buy that business again. Is there anything you would do differently, or would you have not done it and gone with something else? Okay, so go go backwards on that. Yeah, I wouldn't have gone with something else. But I mean, you know, two things. There was not a, a, in terms of knowing when things pop up for sale. It's so hard to like. If I'd have not bought this, would something else equally as good came up? No. So no, I don't regret buying this at all. Uh, and great, that's good. Um, I don't think I'd do anything. I wouldn't at this point in time know and know what I would have done differently because yeah, it's been a month pretty much. And mm-hmm. in terms of the transfer, everything went pretty smoothly to be honest. Um, the yeah. only, I think the only tricky part was um, we were swapping the Google the the email was hosted on with Google Apps or Google Suite G Suite whatever they call oh, it, yeah. uh, and the domain and the domain was registered, the registrar was Namecheap, but the DNS was managed by DigitalOcean along with the mm-hmm. server. So we had a bit of a tricky moment where we were migrating the email because DigitalOcean had two-factor authentication on via email. So I couldn't log in to um, the DigitalOcean account just with the password he'd given me without receiving the email and clicking a link. And so we thought, well, let's just do the email because that's going to be like, that's going to be the linchpin of all of it. Um, so when you migrate a G Suite account or a domain, because it was a domain on an organization that Alessandro was keeping because he had other domain or other web properties, I didn't just get the whole account. I had, we had to migrate the domain. And that actually meant he needed to delete the domain. We backed up the emails. He deleted the domain from his G Suite account, and I had to add the domain as a new G Suite user, effectively. But you have to yeah. prove to—I had to prove to, to Google that I own that domain. And when you do that within Google to sort of verify your domain ownership, you typically put a DNS entry, um, like a TXT, TXT file. And oh, yeah. so I'm there going right, okay. So he's deleted his email account. So no emails were going anywhere in that sort of like 20 minute window. And I now need to get into DigitalOcean to put a TXT file to prove ownership to Google to get the email back up and running. Ah, I can't log into DigitalOcean because it's two-factor authentication sending an email. Uh, Oh, we're we're screwed basically. Uh, So that was a bit, that was a slight hairy moment and I should have thought that through a little bit more. I've never really managed DNS on DigitalOcean before. I hadn't really considered that. but I remembered from... So how did you get out of it? Yeah, so from a while back, when you verify domain ownership, you either have 
you know, add a DNS record or connect it to something else. And I remember they used to do like, um, you could just put a meta tag in your site HTML with a with a value that Google know, um, mm -hmm. and that was the basically the same value that it was asking me to put in a TXT record in the DNS. So okay. we just logged into the site and used added that via I think it was the Yoast plugin. And even though that wasn't an option, they still used it to ver to verify, and so it it happened and it worked and there was a big sigh of relief on my end because I was stressing about that. Um, but other than that, in terms of like the, all of the migration of everything, um, let me just see he, on the flipper, he'd basically listed the assets, which was, you know, website, Twitter account, Facebook account, wordpress.org user account. Cause he had, there's a WP user manager, um, wordpress.org, um, profile there was a github organization that had all of the free repositories so it's a free organization account on github which had the free repositories and any premium add-on was a premium a private sorry github repo that was under his account and that's really straightforward to transfer domain ownership or not domain ownership but ownership of the um repos so that's those have gone mm -hmm. to my per personal account as private repos and i've taken over as owner of the organization, Google Analytics. Yeah, everything went quite smoothly. There was a MailChimp account for newsletter subscribers from people who had signed up from the website. So, and again, that was another one where he got multiple website properties in his MailChimp account. So it was a case of just setting up a new one and migrating everything across. Um, and it was quite good because I'm doing everything as separate entities from anything else. So that's a new MailChimp account for WP User Manager. You know, I'm not planning to sell it, but in the um, if in the future this ever happens again, I'm I'm learning from the fact that it's best to have everything separate. So it's a new G Suite account, it's a new Help Scout account, it's a new um, Help Scout was a difficult one because again he had the domain property uh, the properties on that. Um, he had different mailboxes, and you can't migrate mailboxes between Help Scout accounts. So I had to use uh, I think it was Help hyphen Desk hyphen Migration dot com which allows you to migrate between different, you know, help desk providers and you can migrate between help scout and help scout. So we just had a, you know, a period where I migrated the one mailbox and the docs site using that service. And, and that worked pretty well. A few oddities where the docs went to different URLs and I had to set up some custom redirects, but you can do that within help scout, which is good. Mm hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the I guess the the main ones were the payment gateways. So, yeah, that was a case of you know on the first of September, I pretty I, I had access to the admin to, to an admin account of WPUserManager.com, and I went in and changed the Stripe keys. So I set up a new Stripe account, which was super easy. Stripe is so much better for things like that because you can just create a new account uh, and you can link it to your own company or whatever and you can have multiple accounts and that'll be quite easy to transfer in the future as well. Um, and um, PayPal being PayPal is more difficult. And I didn't, and I was had to think about it a little bit harder because I knew that I initially wanted to add the recurring payments um, plugin. Mm. And of course, if I'd have just set up PayPal and, and initially I did, I just, 
before I installed that plugin, I just changed the payment gateway to my existing company or business PayPal account. So obviously all money was coming to me from 1st of September. And, but then as soon as if I install that recurring payment plugin, as soon as somebody buys it, there's a billing agreement set up in PayPal for that user on that PayPal account. And I was concerned that if, you know, ever sell that or whatever, you can't transfer billing agreements between PayPal accounts. And so like, Mm -hmm. how would you do that? You, You really need to transfer the whole PayPal account. So I needed a separate PayPal account. Um, but I think there's a restriction of PayPal accounts where you can't use the same company bank account. So I've, I've had to use a new bank account and it's it's been a bit of a faff. But now at least there are separate accounts. There's a separate PayPal account where billing, billing agreements are created. And, you know, in the future, if I do need to, you know, sell the, 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 the plugin, it's easy because I can transfer the domain, the, the PayPal account. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, there probably will yeah. be some challenges involved in that, but at least it's it's not as bad as me saying, right, well, you, I've got, you know, a hundred billing agreements that you now will lose. So those customers are going to have to manually renew in a year's time. Like that's a bit of a hassle for them and not great. So yeah, that, that was, uh, that was it pretty much. It, I feel like it went as smoothly as it could have done. There could have been some things done differently but yeah it wasn't it wasn't horrendous and the actual transfer Mm -hmm. of the money was handled quite nicely by flippers escrow service so when you know the offer was made on flipper and it was agreed there was um we had to identify ourselves to flipper to make sure that we were both legit people and then um there was the escrow request for the money i sent it to an escrow the escrow service so it, it sat in account in an account owned by flipper not accessible by me or alessandro and we started transferring all the assets and only when we were both happy that the assets had been transferred and i had ownership then i could release the funds because um, mm-hmm. otherwise there's a bucket load of trust there which you know as much as you can know people it, it's it's much safer to do to use the escrow service so, yeah, mm, absolutely. Yeah, it was. Uh, we and, yeah, and I pretty much set up a, a, a Trello board to list all of the assets that we were transferring, and I had questions for for him to tell me the passwords or to tell me how to do this or whatever. And we, I managed it on a Trello board, which yeah went went quite smoothly. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, it sounds uh, it sounds good. It does sound like it went it went smoothly and. That it's worthwhile and you know and it and it will pay off for you. It sounds like uh, it sounds like a good like you really did a good thing to, to me. It sounds um, mm. it sounds great and I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing more about it on you know on this podcast like about how you're going you know after month two month three and you know uh, a year on and so on. I think that'd be that'd be really interesting and and hopefully um, you know anyone anyone that's listening will also find it interesting as well. Yeah, and I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to the future with it because you know you have a very, very similar plug-in model, a similar setup, uh, similar business. So I think it'd be quite good for us to, you know, share our ideas between ourselves and hope that we can both grow together. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see the future. It is. It, yeah, it would be definitely. And and some of the things that you've raised, especially about, you know, um, 
going for a pro or a individual add-ons and and going for all access passes and all that sort of thing to, so you get access to all the add-ons with one payment that kind of thing it's that's really interesting and it's something that's been on my mind very much for the last well the best part of this year 2019 really so be interested to chat with you more about that and uh, and what you kind of come up with and and uh, what your thought process is on those kinds of things that uh, that'll be really interesting actually mm. yeah and i'm also just kind of harvesting ideas uh from other sites and other plugins i've just noticed because i was on better notifications for wp.com a minute ago that you actually have reviews against each add-on um which i think is yeah. quite interesting because there's a there's so many reviews on um .org for the free plugin but actually having reviews for you know the pay <laughs> the paid premium add-ons uh is helpful because that's you know, it people is. make decisions yeah. based on reviews all the time in e-commerce, don't they? So that's, yeah. I presume, is that an EDD add-on? It is, yeah, just EDD reviews. Yeah, it actually took me too long to add that. <laughs> um, I think my uh, my concern was that, you know, people would leave, uh, you know, for, well... I don't know why I was worried that people would leave bad reviews because the the uh, overall opinion of uh, you know bet notifications has been good you know as you can see that from the ratings on .org um, the support queries I always manage to tackle whether that be on .org or via priority support because I'm bought an add-on so I was I don't know why I was concerned that all of a sudden I'd start seeing one star three star reviews or whatever you know that weren't going to be very good mm. um, but really actually what I, I say it took me too long to add them because I, I shouldn't have been so worried and preoccupied about you know the negatives I should have been looking at the positives and that was that uh, if people see that other people have bought it and they've rated it and they can read their experience of it then they're more likely to buy it and uh, I, it's a shame actually I haven't got more reviews on there Um I used to have an email that went out after someone bought something and said, would you mind leaving a review? Uh, but it was, it, it's sort of transactional, but it was a very, when I tried to look into someone, a customer bought it to my attention really about the implications of GDPR on that kind of thing. Mm. And I looked at it into it sort of fairly extensively and I felt it was too, too gray an area to uh to allow that email to continue to go out so i i, I put a stopper on yeah that. i think that has to but, be opt-in um, doesn't it really uh yeah it, and it's too soon to put it i think a link to if you like this add-on leave a review in the sales receipt email that you get sent as well so mm. it you know my emails to review it always came like three or four weeks after you've bought it just to give you enough time to have experienced it you know used it uh bought it installed it used it like set it up and then you know operated with it or um, managed it on a day-to-day -day basis that kind of thing mm. so um uh, and that is i think how i got the reviews that i have got then but i don't receive that many uh anymore which is a shame but i i don't know I, maybe i should do some kind of follow-up thing mm. maybe a, an opt-in follow-up yeah thing. and i wonder if that can be tied into almost a support thing so if you get support for an add-on which is like not this is rubbish why is it not working but how do I do this? How do I configure this? You can go back with, this is how it does it. And once they say, thank you, that's amazing. That's when you go, well, mm. by the way, if you could leave a review, that'd be amazing. Mm. Yeah. And it, I do that with, um, with a free support, actually, I'm just not proactive enough with it on the priority support. Mm. You're absolutely right. I should definitely apply the same, uh, sort of, you know, um, 
workflow that I use on free support that I, to my priority support, and I don't do that at the moment. So that's a that's a really good point because yeah, I mean ultimately you only really want to ask for reviews from people that you've helped and who love what you do and mm. you know love your product. So um, you know you don't want to blindly ask for reviews in your you know your priority support ticket has been closed after someone has just been a bit grumpy about it no exactly a refund for yeah you, you want to so. make sure it's done to the right people and the other option i guess yeah. is to add it as a as a kind of a link and a bit of a bit of blurb to the renewal um emails or the re- renewal confirmation because if they've renewed it and yeah that's true you know that means they're still using it then at least that's a year on and you can perhaps you know gather some good feedback then yeah, no, it's true. It's tr- that is true, providing that they realise that they've subscribed to something. Because something I've sort of uh, battled with—I uh, don't say battled with—it makes it sound bigger than it is. It, I've something I've uh, I've had a, a number of people uh, mention uh, since I enabled automatic renewals back in I think it's like August 2016 or September 2016 or something. Mm. Is uh, it? I mean, there's there's kind of obvious signs everywhere. Uh, I mean. You, you view an add-on on my site. I'm just doing it now. Yeah, it says it. It says it on the checkout. Do do they get reminders yeah. like two weeks before the renewal payment goes out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they do. Well, yeah, that, um, that, that, yeah. You can't. You're always going to get some people complain about that for definite. Um, yeah, I put it everywhere. I build yearly till cancelled. What's this? And then it tells you about subscription. And even the button at the bottom after the purchase total is subscribe and download. It's not just pay or purchase this. It's uh, It tries to tell you every single yeah. way. And actually, I, I'm sure that a number of those things I've put into place have definitely helped and reduced mm. the amount of people that have been like, oh, I'm a bit confused. But I think it's a change in the industry as well. So, you know, the more people, the more WordPress plugins that operate on a subscription basis, basis uh, will help people to understand that, uh, oh, you know, when it comes to WordPress, everyone buys things on subscriptions. Yeah, uh, um, and I think... There are certain things that work that way. Yeah, I think that is becoming... That the, the you know the understood way of doing it, um, but the, but going back to my point of putting it on the renewal email, if you presumably you have the email sent out to confirm they've paid as well as the reminder one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so if they get that, yeah. if they get that and they're surprised by the payment, having the renewal blurb at the uh, the call for a review at the bottom of that isn't going to change that. They're still going to complain about the payment, but it's the people who go, yeah. oh yeah, another another year of using that amazing. Conditional notifications add on, happy days. Um, oh, mm-hmm. I'll leave a review. So yeah, yeah. I don't think you're going to lose anything by putting it in there either. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, no, that's uh, no. It's, uh, there's some really good points you've raised there. I'm definitely going to have a look at uh, some of those I- in a moment. But this is my th- my point about plugins, selling plugins nowadays. It's not just developing a plugin and sticking it on an e-commerce site. There's so much stuff that could be done or optimized or improved just around the marketing that that's Absolutely. that's what's scary yeah um, but also quite fun at the same time um yeah i guess yeah, yeah no completely there's so much to it you're absolutely right and um yeah i can see why it would to an extent put put people off um starting one so yeah i guess uh you know buying one might be a a good way to go for for a lot of people especially if you're confused about starting out maybe getting stuck in getting thrown in at the deep end so getting something that's already been set up mm. might be a good way to actually get started and you know you don't have to spend ridiculous amounts of money I, i've looked on i don't think it was flipper but i looked somewhere before and you can get you know plugins that i use and they're not 
massive, but for, you know, like a few hundred dollars and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not actually difficult to kind of get something that's already been started and has a use base, even if it's small. Yeah, so, and, and even if it's just yeah. a free version and you can add a pro version on top, as long as it's the right plugin, it's pot there's potential yes. to do that. And I think, you know, Absolutely. this is not a... This is not a criticism or a, um, a. It doesn't reflect badly on Alessandro and the WPs and manager plugin beforehand. But I think when you buy something like a plugin, it's the same as buying a house. In some ways, you can either buy a house for um, top price because someone's done it, made it amazing, and done everything possible, and it sort of hit the ceiling price, and you're paying top dollar for it. Or you can buy something that's really, really good but it's got scope and it's got potential and therefore you're not paying the the full value for it at, for the for the potential that it could be so you can add yeah. value to it and like I'm I'm quite aware of how that is possible with WP user manager as I am with my own mm -hmm. house that we've just bought because there's lots of work to do but it could yeah. pay off in the long run so yeah it's better I, and i would prefer that than buying than spending absolute top dollar on something that will ne i can never improve do you know what i mean like it's yeah yeah absolutely i, I think that's quite nice though you know there's i actually had that experience with my house i went and picked up the keys and they said um you got a really good deal there because we're actually selling these houses like very similar because i'm on an estate with obviously there's lots of houses very similar um across the other side of the estate uh for quite a few thousand pounds more than what i bought uh, paid for this mm. one um so i was quite pleased by that but you kind of got a similar thing in your plugin and that you've got a thousand extra active installs since you bought it uh to now so that's quite a jump for for like nine thousand active installs that's and i appreciate they're only rough yeah and it, and it could have been on like eight thousand nine hundred but you don't see you only ever see like the whole thousands in the number so it could it could have just tipped over yeah but yeah sure it's growing at least which is good yeah, it's a nice it's a nice thing to see. It's always good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been really interesting um, chatting to you, Ian, about uh, about all of that. And uh, yeah, I look, like I said before, I look forward to hearing more about it um, soon. I think that's uh, I think everyone is. It sounds really good, and you know, I really wish you the best with um, with WP User Manager. Yeah. Or WP. Um... Yeah, it's a nice uh, <laughs> uh, shorter version. Yeah, and, I, and I'm looking forward to because you, you touched on it slightly there, and I think we'll we'll probably do this in another episode the things that you're doing for your plugin and you know what changes you've made recently what your plans are immediate plans and, and what you're concentrating on uh, and i really want to dive into that because again i want to i want to sort of like you know crowdsource the information of, of what i should be doing and understanding what's been working for you and and what you're you know focusing on to grow it even more so like if we can do a deep dive episode in your plugin that would be really good for next time yeah, I'd love to do that. That sounds that sounds good. Always happy to talk about my plugin. It's uh, well, it's been you know a big part of my life now for about four years. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite quite a nice thing to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to that. Awesome. All right, Jack. Well, yeah, really, really nice to speak to you. And yeah, as usual, take care, and we'll we'll speak again another episode. We'll do. Yeah, great to talk to you, Ian. Speak again soon.